Hello, podcast friends, and welcome to the second part of our IT coffee break with Zoltan Seni. Zoltan is vice president and head of people in Europe and the Middle East. In the first part of our conversation, we've discussed uh, the concept of the bench, how e-palmers differ, what e-palm and uh, sport have in common. In this episode, we continue our conversation. So, without further ado, enjoy this coffee break. You've joined EPAM almost five years ago. So, from your perspective as a vice president and head of people of EMIR and uh, Middle East region, what has changed at EPAM during these five years? I think a lot of things changed. The numbers, the facts and figures, in a way, describe the story. We as EPAM, we, we constantly change and adjust. And, and five years has been a really, really long time when we had to proactively think about the future and prepare for what's next. And very often we had to respond to changes that we haven't necessarily foreseen, like this whole COVID situation, the pandemic that we could respond to. What opportunities did uh, the last year and this year bring to EPAM and EPAMers? Last year was a really unique year for us at EPAM. And I think also for companies and, and people, individuals themselves, most importantly, the pandemic itself, but all the consequences of the pandemic. I mean, let me highlight a couple of things that I learned from this past year. And uh, I think each of them is an important learning experience and, and made us as a team, made us as individuals stronger. One is that uh, in this pandemic environment, we, we had to learn how to adjust very, very quickly to a very different operating model. So within days, uh, the whole EPAM started working in a totally remote environment. So instead of uh, being in offices, uh, being in collaborative spaces where you actually see your colleagues on a daily basis, suddenly you found yourself you know, working at your kitchen table in your living room and uh, experiencing all what we were talking about teamwork, you know, client focus in that kind of remote setup. So one of the key lessons learned for us was that this kind of agility, the the ability to adjust to a totally different setup is a very key component of being a, a successful company. And I think also at an individual level, we as professionals had to learn how to cope with that kind of situation. It's not really easy, but it's not easy for anyone. So to me, that's, that's clear one important lesson. Uh, the other important thing is that uh, in this kind of environment, shifting how we operate is not only about working remotely, but also how we can make informed decisions, uh, how we can respond to new opportunities and challenges relatively quickly, but still based on facts and figures and, and reliable information and insights. And this is where I think for EPAM it was important that uh, we could not just talk, but uh, implement some of the ambitions that we were talking about. So one of the things we discussed a lot a year ago is breaking silos. Uh, it's uh, the concept of team of teams, which 
is primarily about a much more decentralized uh, decision making, empowering people to make their own decisions, but do it in a way that it's aligned and it's pointing to the same direction as we as a company are going. As a result of this, we, we established a number of different operating models. We created a number of new platforms. We created a number of new communication channels and forums. Give you a couple of examples, like we introduced this daily business course where actually a big number of people come together just for an hour every day, but we are collectively as a team looking at where we are, what are the opportunities out there in terms of clients, customers, new proposals, and who are the best people to work on those opportunities. So we could very, very quickly pull together the right teams. And that's something new. That was part of our ambitions. But the changes last year, the pandemic, uh, the impact on the economy clearly created a an urgency for moving much faster than we might have initially thought. So to me, that was a very important uh, learning experience. Another important lesson that we learned is that uh, while we obviously invested a lot in, in, in creating, engaging physical environments, offices, you know, meeting rooms, places where we can collaborate. And I think for many people, that was really important to, to, to join a company where you can come to an office, you meet colleagues and, you know, even practical things like, you know, having fruit in the office, you know, being able to, you know, play some games when you would like to switch off for a couple of minutes, you know, that kind of disappeared from one day to another for most people. So we, we work remotely, we work from home. But in this kind of environment, still, <laughs> and, and probably even more importantly, the people around you in this virtual space make a big difference. So the team leads, for instance, taking care of their own team members, the individuals reaching out to each other, supporting each other, made a big difference. Maybe surprisingly, maybe not so surprisingly, when I'm, I'm looking at some of the results, for instance, for our own internal surveys and so on, it's telling us that people really, really appreciate that. Some of the bonds, some of the relationships between people get actually even stronger. And uh, I think the credit really goes to each and every employee, each and every of our colleagues, because that experience is, is coming from how we are supporting each other, how we are helping each other as teams in that kind of remote environment. So while I think it's a very difficult and frustrating experience for all of us who suddenly lose some of the ties, the ability to come to the office, start working remotely. And actually, many people at home might not really have the proper conditions to do that. But at the same time, you could feel like you are really belonging to a team and, and that kind of a virtual community, that kind of a support network made a difference for many of us. So if you're in trouble, I think those kind of things matter even more. And I'm very happy to see that, you know, we as EPAM, we as colleagues, team members, we get even closer together supporting each other during that period. Thank you very much for that. Could you please give us some examples of these cultural changes? Past year has been an experiment for all of us. I think nobody actually knew a year ago what kind of difficulties we are going to get into and what are the best ways to, to deal with those. So there was a lot of experimenting. You know, we were trying different kind of things. Some of them worked, some of them didn't work. There were some things that people really appreciated a lot. There were some others that people didn't. I think that's why it's so important to 
always have a dialogue. Professional forums are very important. And over the past year, due to the remote working environments and the pandemic, we, we had to create many of those forums and the frequency of those forums uh, increased as well. So on some topics, sometimes you have daily calls with some things we have weekly. Just to give you a couple of examples, I did mention the importance of understanding business priorities. And as a people team, make sure we understand how we impact this and how we can best contribute. I'll give you another example, the whole COVID response. Like I remember it's been yeah now more than a year ago. It was sometime in February when uh, I first got a call from one of our business leads. And uh, at that time, COVID started to hit China. And then there were some concerning developments in Asia. And that was the time in February when we first talked about a potential impact on our region, Europe and the Middle East, and considering scenarios about, you know, what if COVID is going to spread, how we would respond as a team, what could be the implication for Europe, for instance, the EU, where there are no real travel restrictions between countries for crossing borders and so on. So we could start preparing for this and pull together the right teams. And I remember that initially when we started that work, we had daily calls with a very diverse team just looking into the implications, how we can protect our people, when should we close offices, what kind of other safety measures we need to take, what are we going to do about masks. Like I remember that we were very, very fast uh, obtaining masks. And then within weeks, there were no masks available. I mean, now it's funny because you see masks everywhere in every shop you go. But if you imagine a year ago, when uh, this whole COVID started to spread, uh, there was a shortage. And in many countries, you couldn't get a mask. But for EPAM, we could because we were proactive and we thought about this, then, you know, we had reserves and for each and every office, each and every location, we had the sufficient number of masks being available for, for use for employees to protect them when, when they would need to, to use a mask, for instance. So the whole response to COVID and, and protecting people was something very important where we had those kind of forums. And then, of course, when the situation improves, then reopening offices, reinventing how we are using office space is another important topic where we need to pull together teams, think about this. And, and here, knowledge sharing is really crucial. These days, current example, if you look at the landscape, um, each and every country is in a different situation. Some are in the middle of a wave and numbers are still going up. There are countries where the situation is improving and restrictions are lifted and people are slowly gradually returning to offices like in the UK now. So we just reopened the office uh, a few weeks ago and, you know, slowly in a planned fashion, we are preparing for, you know, what is it going to be like when there will be more and more people returning to offices. But in some other parts of the region, offices are actually closed. And the most important thing is to reassure people that they can continue to work from home. Uh, they should really play safe and uh, yeah, just avoid any necessary risk. And in that kind of environment, as, as you said, knowledge sharing is really crucial. The solution itself, the specific actions we might take in a particular country could differ as a result. But, but having a forum, having a regular opportunity for our people leads and facility managers and delivery leads to talk about these topics and make sure that when they make a decision for a country, they can leverage the experience from other countries 
who might have been through this already is really important. And of course, there could be some common principles. Like I did mention the safety, security, the health of our people is our most important priority. We don't compromise on that. So, you know, you making a decision in your own role, you need to feel confident that whatever knowledge is available within EPAM, the support that you might need from other function is actually available to you and you can count on this. And we had to create some opportunities and forums for that. So that's on the professional side, but something that we learned that in this kind of environment, the social side is, is equally or sometimes even more important because, you know, a year ago, two years ago, a lot of these social act interactions happened very, very naturally. So you come to an office, you have a cup of coffee and uh, you meet people, you, you go out for lunch, you just accidentally bump into people on the corridor and uh, you, you have those kind of social interactions. When you work from home, it's very different. Like my day, I look at my calendar and it's usually fully booked. And each and every meeting, each and every specific uh, occasion I need to attend during the day is related to something specific, you know, solve a problem, develop a solution for something. So there is always a specific purpose for a meeting. There is always a selected group of people who attends, which is good. I think that's why we are very efficient. But if you are not mindful of what's happening to you, you suddenly realize that days and then weeks or maybe even months go without any real social interaction because everything is just driven by work and what you need to do. And you just realize that there are some people in your teams, uh, there are some people around you that you would normally see for a lunch once a month that you didn't talk to them for six months because it's less comfortable to reach out and say that in this busy schedule that actually I just want to talk to you. What is the topic? Well, actually, I just want to know how you are doing. Oh, really? Yeah, actually, I care about you. <laughs> Let's talk. Okay, you know, let's just talk about some, you know, social things. How is family? How are you doing? And, uh, you know, those kind of things disappeared from our diaries. They are not happening accidentally. So we have to make a conscious effort to bring them back. And this is what we, we, we try to do with establishing some of those social opportunities. And uh, we, we, we try to create a number of different things. I, I know managers are doing this. I think in the people team, we have a couple of occasions for this. And it could be anything. So, you know, some of the good things that we were doing in a physical space, have actually moved into the virtual one. Again, in the physical space, there is a lot that you can do, but in the virtual space, there are some other opportunities. And I think a lot of companies very consciously thought about, you know, how they could transfer their services and, and solutions and events to a virtual space. We came up with some ideas like virtual escape rooms. I think that sounds really weird. Like, what is that? But you can actually do it. And yeah, of course, it's different than doing it face to face and physically. But I think it was fun. And uh, over, I mean, initially, I think the people team took a lead and we were consciously thinking from week to week what kind of fun things we could do. But then after some point, we actually thought about, you know, crowdsourcing this as well and, 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 and involving people in 
finding out what makes sense and what people would enjoy. So we had more and more teams actually volunteering team, you know, it could be DEP or business analysts or whatever, you know, the Spanish speaking <laughs> colleagues from the office, they always come up with some kind of fun program, let it be a quiz or something around music or cooking and so on. So those are actually fun events. And the last example I would mention is probably this year-end events and uh, celebrations in many countries. That's actually a Christmas party traditionally or a New Year's party, something like this. An important physical event. I think it's not that difficult to imagine how that could work in a physical environment. But how do you do that in a remote setup? And I'm really, really excited to see how many great ideas we came up with and uh, how many creative new events we were running in that virtual space. Uh, there were programs for kids. There were cooking classes. There were cocktail bars. And then there were fire side chats with leaders. So we actually came up with a lot of ideas that uh, combine some content with like leaders talking about the year, sharing results, but in a casual setup where people could ask questions to real fun events and not only for e-commerce, but their families as well. So in that kind of virtual space, you need to be creative. We had to reinvent a lot of things. We were experimenting a lot. Yes, so one of the best experiences of the last year was really this cooking class for the whole family uh, in the Czech Republic. We were uh, baking these gingerbread, traditional gingerbread, and it was really fun. Uh, last year, in all the senses, it was learning by doing and experimenting. A lot of great things came out of it. Thank you very much for this overview. You mentioned uh, that e-bombers are ambitious. Our leaders are ambitious. What is our next ambition as a team? If you look at uh, our ambitions as a company, we usually don't think beyond a three years horizon. I think the industry around us, the economy around us, and now with COVID and this whole social environment around us is changing so rapidly that I don't think it's really sensible to think beyond a, probably a three-year perspective. That's what we usually do at, uh, at EPAM. This is the kind of horizon we are looking at. If you look at those ambitions for the company, there are four or five important things to keep an eye on. And I think for us as a people team, it kind of sets the agenda because we will be measured and our value is actually determined by contributing to achieving those ambitious goals. You know, what are those ones? I think one is certainly to support the continued growth of the company. And when I say growth, it's a combination of different things. You know, one is actually growing our capability and, and capacity as a company, because what we see is that uh, one of the outcomes of of this pandemic and uh, the social and economic changes that it triggered is actually pushing for even more digital. Everybody's talking about digital, digital. So the demand for our services, for our solutions is significantly increasing in the market. Another important uh, priority for us to focus on is uh, 
our consulting capability, IPAM Continuum, this is not about an organizational change. This is not about a new structure. This is about a new relationship that we would like to build with our clients. And Continuum means a kind of continuous involvement. And the ambition is that we are there. We are part of the discussions already at the very early stage when a company is talking about strategy, when they talk about digital transformation. That's not a CIO conversation, that's more of a CEO or boardroom level conversation or executive conversation. So that's why we need people with that kind of consulting mindset, capability, skill set to shape already those strategic conversations from the very beginning. So for us, that kind of consulting thing is also about shaping the future, being around the table when we define what is the future outcome, what is it that the business demands, and then use that opportunity to inform software engineering and technology. So what we develop as a solution is going to meet specific business needs. I think one of the risks of a software engineering company is that they develop the the world's best softwares and, and technical solutions, but they are never used because they are not really meeting a business need. So for us, it's really crucial to connect the dots and, and, and do this collaboratively, have those kind of consulting capabilities to be around the table when strategy is defined, and then have our engineering excellence and capabilities to deliver those solutions to the very end when it actually works. And the client says, yeah, actually, that's what we talked about. It's actually working in practice. So, you know, from the idea generation to delivering a solution that works at the end. And uh, in order to do that, you know, we need to focus on how we are developing a more agile organization. How do we identify those people who might be spending some of their time in those kind of consulting engagement without necessarily spending the whole of their time? Uh, it could be something that they do occasionally, but then the rest of the time they are focusing on on delivering those solutions themselves. So that that kind of a different relationship with client, the continuum of a relationship, the end-to-end concept from the idea to something that works at the end, finishing that uh, at the very end is, is going to be very important. And we as a people team need to think about how do we enable that? How do we develop those kind of consultants that can and are able to do this? What kind of career tracks, training, support they are going to need? And then how do we bring together those teams and how do we deliver these kind of solutions uh, together? For three years ahead, there is going to be a lot of great things happening at EPAM, and I'm very much looking forward to that. Thank you very much for our conversation. Thank you for inviting me. Thanks for the opportunity, and I enjoy this virtual coffee. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>